Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. Well, good evening, Cape Cod Church, and Merry Christmas. It is so good to be here with you tonight. And if this is your very first time with us, we are especially glad that you're here, and we're honored that you would choose to celebrate your holiday with us. And it's fitting because, in many ways, you are the reason for this season. Maybe you've never heard that before, or maybe nobody's put it like that to you, but if you're here, you probably know that the reason we celebrate Christmas is the birth of Jesus Christ. But maybe what you haven't thought about is the fact that the reason for the events of Christmas, the reason that Jesus Christ was born on this earth, was for you, and for me, for the person sitting next to you or in front of you, or maybe for the child in your arms tonight. The reason that Jesus Christ was born, the reason that the creator God of the universe chose to become human, to dwell with us, to lean in, was on your behalf. Because he was not content to be far away from us, but wanted to make a way to dwell with us so that he could have a personal relationship with you. So in a very real sense, you are the reason for this season. You are the reason for the events of Christmas and the birth of Jesus Christ. And so we would be remiss tonight if we didn't start by telling you just how welcome and loved and valuable you are tonight, both to us and to the God who we celebrate and worship this evening. It says this in Luke chapter 2. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those in whom his favor rests. Now when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, They spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, 
glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which are just as they had been told. Glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen. When you have been adored in such a way as this, it is hard not to respond in adoration and praise. Well, Merry Christmas. So I feel like we should start with a little bit of confession. So how many of you were actually planning on coming to the 6 p.m. service until you watched the Patriots in the first half? <laughs> There's no judgment, none whatsoever. I'm with you. I was, I was going to call it in myself, and then I watched. I'm like, I should just go to church because this is... This is not the good old days, folks. I love, I love the Christmas story and listening to Britt read through those pieces. I think, truth be told, I love, I love stories. I love to tell stories. If you've been around Cape Cod Church for a while, you know that's true, and I love to read stories. In fact, my Christmas list this year is exclusively books. And I didn't leave it to chance. Like, hey, find me your favorite book. No, no, I gave them links. That's the book. That's the format. This is what dad would like. I love stories. And it's probably why in the Bible, the biographies of Jesus, what we call the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are my favorite. I mean, they are the story of the life of Jesus. And they're the stories Jesus told along the way. It, it doesn't get any better than that. The stories of, of Jesus. I got thinking about this last week when Britt was speaking. If you were writing a biography about Jesus, how would you start? I mean, if you knew, you knew the whole story and you knew all this stuff, where would you start? Matthew, famously, we learned last week, starts with a genealogy. He wants, to, he, he, wants, he wants you to know who his family was and where he came from. He was writing for a Jewish audience. Now, Mark, Mark's like the Christmas Grinch. He skips the Christmas story. He just, he rushes right by it and he gets, he essentially starts with the baptism of Jesus and all right, let's get it on. That's, that's, that's Mark. Shortest book of all. Let's just get to what he thought was the meaty stuff. Luke, Luke, we love Luke. Because Luke is details, details, details. He says, let me tell you how he was born. And there's John. John is, John is different. The whole book of John is different. Everything about it is different. John, it's almost like John looked at the other three and said, I want to tell them what really happened. Not just the angels and the manger. I want to tell them what happened on that night 2,000 years ago. 
He, he sums it up really well in, uh, in one verse. John chapter 1 in verse 14. Here's what he says. So the word, he comes up with this new metaphor for Jesus. The word. The word became human. Some translations translate it as flesh. So the word became flesh and made his home among us. John is just getting to the point. This is what happened. The word, Jesus, became human and he made his home among us. And he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. That's how John does it. Well, if you're looking and you're saying, yeah, but that's verse 14. What about the first 13 verses? That's a good point because actually John wants to begin in verse 1 all the way back. Let me show you what it says. He says, in the beginning... Even if you're new to the Bible, you may have heard those words before. That's how Genesis opens. In the beginning, the word already existed. Do you see what John's done? He says, let me tell you how the story came to be. And he goes all the way back to Genesis. He said, the word was with God. And then in case you would make any mistake about it, he says, the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. He, he introduces a, a new metaphor, a new illustration. His his life brought light to everyone. And, and this is the point he wants to make. And on Christmas Eve, it's a good one for us just to reflect on for a minute. In fact, he's not done. One more verse. Here's what he says. In verse 5, he says, The light shines in darkness. The light shines in darkness. He, he, he's giving here, it's a, it's a, a creation image, imagery. It's, it's going all the way back to the beginning of creation, right? Where, where the light, God says, let there be light. And it's almost like John is saying, this is, he's creating a new world. The birth of Jesus is a brand new world. And in this world, he is bringing the light to this world. And he's bringing it to a world it's dark. And here, the darkness is its own metaphor, and it's, a, it's an illustration of everything that is wrong, everything that's evil, every sadness, every injustice, every brokenness. It's the darkness of the world. And he says, and the light has come into the darkness. And here we are 2,000 years later, and I gotta be honest. Sometimes it seems like there's more darkness than light. I mean, you look around and you're like, is this it? There's a lot of darkness. It feels like you ever get up in the middle of the night and you're 
stumbling through the room until you stub your toe on something. I mean, you've, there's light. You've got light. But for whatever reason, you don't want to turn it on. You ever think about that? It's a light right there. I want to turn it on. I think half the time it's because I don't really want to wake up, so I just want to leave the light off. But most of the time, here's the honest truth. I think I know the way to the bathroom well enough to make it in the dark. And I usually do until I don't. And then everybody's awake. And Christmas is a reminder that 2,000 years ago, Jesus came into the world and he began something. He brought a light to the world. That light is spreading. And in a few minutes, we're going to light these candles. And, and, and one of our favorite parts is that moment where the first candle is lit and, and then it spreads to another and then another and another until in a dark room, the room is full of candlelight. And Christmas is a reminder that 2,000 years ago, no matter how dark the world gets, 2,000 years ago, a light came into the world and he began something that is continuing even to this day. There's another part to that verse, though, that I didn't finish. He said, the light shines in the darkness and the, the darkness can never extinguish it. If you're an avid reader of the Bible and you've read this verse, then you'll know that there's a whole bunch of ways to interpret that never extinguish. It's just one of those words that doesn't easily fit into the English language, this Greek word that means to grasp or overtake or take hold of. But but extinguish gets to the idea. The darkness can never, this light, this one who is Jesus is different. And the darkness, no matter how dark it gets, the darkness cannot overtake it. And he takes the imagery of a candle, which is really the only light they would have known of. And he says, the darkness can't, can't extinguish it. It can't, it can't snuff it out. Because if you've ever, you're going to get one of these in a little bit. I know you're excited. You probably already got it. Don't light it yet. And you know how fragile it is, right? It's like if you, you blow on it the wrong way, it goes out. It's just, in fact, we're going to put directions on the screen because because this is harder than it looks. I, I'll show you in advance, right? They, I don't know if they have them already, but maybe they're there. Say, why do you have directions? Because this is harder than it looks. That's why. And we don't want wax on the back of our seats, and we don't want you to light the person in front of you on fire. <laughs> Somebody asked me the other day, they saw all the candles, and they were like, you give out real candles? I said, we only let smart people come to Cape Cod Church. <laughs> we trust you, right? Like, you won't. But it's, but it's fragile, right? It's, it's you, you, if, if you walk, you have, to, you have to protect it. 
because it can be snuffed out and it, it, doesn't, take, it doesn't take much for, for this, this little light to, to be snuffed out. But, but what it's saying here is it's saying that, that, that in, in, in Jesus, we have a different kind of, wholly different kind of light and he can't be extinguished. He, he's a different, it, it's, a, it's a light that cannot be extinguished by the darkness. I got this for Christmas last year doesn't look like much but I'm telling you this is the world's let, let me show you what like like comparatively can you help me out here Josh I mean because you need a little bit of it's like fire just gonna wear this the rest of the sermon just like that this bad boy would ruin the candlelight moment in a few minutes folks and and here here is what this this simple passage is saying it's saying like the darkness can never extinguish this light this jesus is is different than every human effort that you've ever come up with to fight back against the darkness in the world this jesus is a wholly different kind of light and the darkness can never never extinguish him his light comes into the world, and it's not just a light that lights our path. It's that, but it's more. His light is a, it's a divine ally who fights for us. And listen, if you're walking through the world, and it just feels like I'm just walking through a dark, sad, disturbing world, then this Christmas is a reminder a reminder for all of eternity that 2,000 years ago, this Jesus came into the world and he is a light that goes with you that cannot be extinguished. It cannot be overcome. It cannot be defeated. This is the Jesus that we have that walks with us through life. And if you came in on Christmas Eve, and maybe you're one of those, and you're just like, I've been, I'm here because I can't buy Christmas spirit. And it just feels like life is hard and sad and dark. I just want to remind you that you have a Jesus, a light, a life that cannot be extinguished. And he fights for you. I love that imagery. He fights for you. He's not, just a, he's not just a light that kind of lights your path and puts you on your own way. He's a light that fights for you. And maybe, maybe that kind of Jesus, the kind of Jesus who fights for you, who fights back against the darkness and gives hope where it seems like there's no hope. The kind of Jesus you've been waiting for. The kind of Jesus that you would say yes to. Then I'd like to invite you to do just that. This Christmas Eve, to take a grand step of faith 
and place your trust, your faith in Jesus Christ. To say yes to him, to his gift of life that began 2,000 years ago. Would you bow your heads with me? Our heads are bowed and we have just this quiet moment. Just before we sing a song and light a candle and go on our way, maybe you need this quiet moment just to be reminded to be reminded that in the middle of what seems like a dark season you have a God who fights for you that Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago and he's not passive it's a light that cannot be extinguished if you're here and you find yourself in that place wanting that kind of Jesus in your life wanting to say yes to him then I invite you in the quiet of the moment to say yes to him an act of faith a simple prayer God, I need you in my life. I accept you as my Savior. I say yes to your gift of grace and forgiveness. Help me now to live my life fully. Jesus' name.